0: Welcome to the Stacked Supplement Podcast, the premier
1: source for supplement news and reviews. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Stacked Supplement Podcast. Uh, this is another interview edition and we have someone I, I, I believe to be very special as I've known him for probably one of the people I've known the longest in the industry, I, I maybe six years, maybe even seven, uh, and that is uh, Greg uh, Hagelin from... Um, a brand called Switch Nutrition, which you will have heard of as uh, they were nominated for International Brand of the Year last year. Uh, so yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Shane. And uh, thanks for having me. Yeah,
0: I think it was about, God, eight, years ago, seven, eight years ago, seven, eight years ago, where, where I snuck you into the... Uh, was Olympia it the Arnold? Oh, was it was the a Arnold? File? Uh, was it File X or was it Arnold? No, it was either... I thought it was in the US at uh, Olympia. I thought we got you in no. a little early because I had... It was oh, the no. Arnold. It was it was
1: the Arnold or Philex because I had, I think it was the Arnold. I think it was Maybe the it Arnold. Was. It was because I did the Philex yes. one year, and then the year after, yeah. you, I was told, just go to the Arnold. The Philex wasn't even on, and then I was yeah. like, okay, so I'll do Arnold. And then I didn't know anyone, um, and then we, uh, yeah, you got me in. <laughs> I, yeah, I think yeah, I I <laughs> had a pass. But they wouldn't let me in uh, until like after VIPs. So I was like, yeah, this is right. the most worthless pass in the world. This doesn't get me anywhere <laughs> else. So. Yeah, exactly. And yep. then you so got we, me in reports of like, strings. That had to have been seven years ago. Yeah, I think it would be, mate.
0: But uh, time flies. It's has yeah, been 20 years got... since I started in this industry. So, you yeah, know, they all blur into one one year sometimes, especially and, this and, year. It's a bit
1: crazy. And you're now uh, running what I would, I have said before, I've had it in my, I have done I do a little podcast and, and um, I refer to Switch Nutrition as easily one of the most impressive brands out of Australia that I've seen. Um, I mean, there are very few that sort of, I don't know, tackle competitively the American market. Like you've got formulas on par, you've got flavors, you've got variety, you do categories that you never really see Australian brands touch. Um, it's just a nice, it's a, it's a very international, advanced creative approach as opposed to the stuff that like, I usually see out of Australia, which is, you know, like, yeah, me too, like, uh, yeah, oh, me me too stuff, but even not even me too, yeah. just sort of like uh mainstream. I can yep. mean it. someone does a protein, we do a protein. Someone does a vegan protein, they're a vegan protein. Someone does something that's too hard. They don't bother. Whereas yep. you guys, and even then you haven't really stuck to main trends. You've created some yourself. Your adrenal switch, I think was one of the most impressive ones. Um, yep. one of the earliest, if not the best, uh, early relaxation mm-hmm. supplement I had. Um, but yeah, it's been uh, crazy watching you guys grow. And, uh, so how, how has this been this year been for you?
0: Yeah, look, it's been an interesting year. I mean, uh, COVID has you know, made us uh, sort of assess where we're at and pivot um, as quickly as we can. Um, you know, when it first hit in March, we were all a bit, oh, shit, what does this actually mean for retail? Because, you know, we are a, a bricks and mortar retail kind of uh, brand. We, we like to support our, our retailers here in Australia and, and internationally. And it was uh, one of those, well, if retail shut down, where do we go from here uh, kind of situations but we were pretty fortunate most of our sales were generated through retail here in Australia and um, Australia wasn't that hard hit not comparatively to the US or or other countries around the world South America India um, China etc so um, we haven't ventured into those markets yet because we just can't keep up with the demand here uh, in Australia and New Zealand so um, we kind of pulled back uh, on some of the larger purchase orders that we had in place uh, in March. And I regret that massively because um, that left us out of stock um, throughout some of the periods, which would normally not be that busy for Australia because we're working through our winter. Um, but things changed. COVID changed and flipped everything on its head. And July, which would normally be one of the quietest June and July it's the end of our financial year. Retailers don't want to spend too much money. Consumers aren't spending as much money. Um, that, actually changed we we saw an incredible amount of spending especially in the health and wellness space so products like adrenal switch that you referred to before that was yeah. um you know designed to help relieve stress right so it might help you recover from the stressful workout that you've just had or it might help you recover from the stressful life that you're experiencing either way it's a magnesium ashwagandha product that will help to you know take that cns um and switch it off for a little while and let you calm down and relax and recover and repair um so that became you know very, very important to a lot of people and, and you know, they're purchasing dollars that they were spending that was sort of at the top of the list along with Vitality Switch, which I was, you know, was, was, was
1: going to ask that it must have ended up there.
0: Yeah, it was. so those two just went whoosh straight up sales just took off and we could not keep up. But products like pre workouts and fat burners because gyms were closed, um, completely flatlined. Uh, So you had a a bit of a mixed bag. You had Keto Switch, a product that's well-known for suppressing grilling or or controlling hunger, go up in sales, which was really interesting to watch Mm -hmm. because, um, you know, people were sitting at home, not perhaps training as much, putting on a few pounds or getting a bit soft around around the edges um, and realising that they were a couple of steps too close to their pantry and fridge and couldn't stop themselves. So, um, you know, Keto Switch was uh, one of those products that, you know, just absolutely took off and we just weren't prepared for that. So it's been a funny year it, it, for us. It's been our, our most successful year in the three and a half years we've been trading. Um, oh, wow. you know, the growth we're, we're seeing at the moment is unprecedented and quite the opposite of what we expected. Um, and, and, you know, next year is as is our, is our big launch into the international market as we round out our range, um, you know, put together the portfolio that we believe to be certainly a, a complete offering and, uh, yeah, we've got a few more products to, to sort of, you know, get that covered over the coming months and, and into the first couple of mo- months of uh, 2021. And then we'll, um, we'll take that leap into the uh, international market a little bit more seriously.
1: Um, do you guys have uh, a retailer or a distributor lined up or is it sort of just, a, you know, we're now ready to take on international and... We've we've been um, having conversations in the background
0: already, and um, you know they they were not ones we can take too seriously right now because we're constantly out of stock here in Australia. Just yes. the supply chain has changed too. You know that's something you've got to be mindful of. Like we were we were getting uh, soft t- soft touch lids and jars out of China because they were the only place that we could get them from that was you know reasonably reasonably priced. Australia wasn't making anything like that. We were the first to use them um, in this you know landscape here. And um, you know, with what's going on with COVID in China, and, and I guess the um, angst between Australia and China, and, and, and just China and everyone at the moment, um, there's a lot of uncertainty there. So we're actually got the molds made. We're actually going to be producing those jars here in Australia shortly, um, so that we can prevent wow. that uh, those out of stocks and also um, improve our vertical integration. So there's quite an investment from a you know taking a product, you know, we just buy the different moving parts and actually creating some of those moving parts ourselves to overcome some of these uh, logistical hurdles. Um, that doesn't mean that we still don't source ingredients from all around the world. Uh, and one example of this actually is, is, you know, come to light very recently. Um, you know, when we're formulating a product like Vitality Switch, what matters most to us is that we get the um, I guess the ingredients, the botanicals that we need to be compliant with the actual active ingredients that we're looking for. So we want to get a, a certain quality of broccoli sprout extracts. So we want to get yeah. a certain quality of, of coriander um, or, you know, and et cetera. What we don't, I guess, and is not as important to us or certainly not important to the raw material supplier is how that botanical tastes. So from batch to batch, from season to season and from supplier to supplier, you can get variances in the raw materials and there's 33 different botanicals in this product. So every single time we produce a batch of Vitality Switch, if it contains any new botanical that we haven't um, used from that source or it's a new batch or a new um, season where it's been harvested, et cetera, uh, we actually have to do a new tabletop sample to make sure that it matches our retention sample for flavor because we um we didn't have that process before and from flavor to well, batch to batch we were getting flavor variances that we weren't you know setting as an example for yeah. ourselves we weren't accepting that you know so we said that's unacceptable we have to find a way to prevent this so now we have a longer lead time and we do some retention sample testing and batch ta- uh, tabletop sampling before we go to our full blend to make sure that we can match the you know the flavors that we have as an expectation for ourselves and so that's uh, some things that have changed
1: Yeah, I never even—I never even knew that was a thing. I just—I mean, it makes sense when you think about it, but you know you you never know about it until you actually hear about it so it's uh, yeah yeah it's one of those things you sort
0: of don't think think about and um you know even ashwagandha like in our adrenal switch um can change from season to season we always have the same ashwagandha we have the same level with analytes we have the the same active ingredient and, and standardization but um yeah botanically they can change so even the smallest of variances from season to season can throw out your flavors if you don't readjust accordingly so uh, you yeah, we've been making some readjustments this year to try and uh, improve upon the flavors that we had or, and we were already, is, uh, I can't um,
1: imagine you improving to be honest it's still <laughs> I said this to people before and I mean people always say things like brands mostly would be like oh it doesn't have as much greens as, as this one or it doesn't have this and I'm like look man if you're talking about the best tasting greens does I don't like the Vitality Switch was the first really, really, like, because before I had Vitality Switch, I ha- I mean, people think it's just this year that brands have been saying, oh, the- my greens taste amazing. They've been saying, I've I've had this for like years, for three, four years. <laughs> and so when you came along, I was still like, whatever. And even I was, and the thing was, the smell, you can't mask the smell. So it's not like no. a protein powder, mm, the smell's good, tasted, it, it's good. No, like the green mushrooms. still smells bad. <laughs> And yeah, then when yeah, I drank totally. yours, I was like, try, I, I you know, close my eyes. I was like, Oh shit, here we go. And then I remember drinking. I was like, God damn it. What did he do with this one? What What's the thing is it just, secret. yeah. Cause it's <laughs> everyone had said the exact same thing as you, but no one had produced the same result. No. And look, it's
0: very hard with that formula. There's two things to be mindful of with Vitality Switch. One, we don't use barley grass or wheat grass, and that's intentional yeah. um, because we don't believe that humans evolved eating grass, but they are the cheapest. Um, so I appreciate why companies will use barley grass and wheat grass because it's a great way of getting your chlorophyll levels up um, and your antioxidant levels up without actually spending a lot of money.
1: It's also one of the ones that you see that's dose quite a lot, and a lot of brands do that you know call out 10 grams of greens five grams of greens and i suppose when you're putting these ones in there it's on paper it's like look it's got you know it adds a nice bit onto the to the to the flavor onto the title
0: yeah yeah and we don't um, label garnish for the purpose of, you know, consumers viewing pleasure, yeah. we want the result, right? Um, so it's really about just producing a product that's going to work synergistically. Those ingredients are amazing and avoiding the grass has meant we avoided that grassy aftertaste. It's not rocket science. You know, it's the same with the protein. We don't use rice protein because it's gritty, but we also don't use rice protein because it's endemically contaminated with heavy metals and arsenic the way that it grows. So, you know, we've avoided it for the benefit of the consumer, which gives them a benefit in, in taste as well. Um, so some of these things just make sense as you work through the project and, and, you know, you look what's best for you personally. We always have ourselves as the kind of front runners of who we're formulating for. We're actually in the process of creating a formula right now that we may not bring to market at all ever, but we're testing it on ourselves. um, And we all have, kind of this this not condition but we have concerns around this part of our own health um, and we think that this product's going to really help us all out in the office here so we're all testing it right now just to see how we go and we're week one at the moment and everyone's just you know Completely blown away by how good it is. So, I mean, is every you gotta, it you've got to
1: give me a little more than that. If you've got to throw something out like <laughs> that, you can't just say, uh, I won't tell you might, what it
0: is. Might, it might be gut related. Let's just say that. Okay. Who doesn't have. Look, gut, gut issues is uh, up there. I mean, vitality addresses a lot of them. But, um, you know, you look at the top three complaints based on, you know, nutrition business journals research, and they say the number one complaint is stress and sleep. The number two complaint is gut health. And the number three complaint is hormones. Um, so, you when people are complaining about different health conditions or health issues, those are the top three complaints in the natural, you know, food medicine space. Um, so we're, we're sort of trying to tackle that as much as we can, you know, help people in those areas of their lives, which will improve a lot of other areas in their lives. So, you know, that, that's been our focus from the beginning is, yeah, we're a sports nutrition brand. Yeah. We want people to look great, but we want them to feel great too. So it was always about how can we do this in a way that was healthier than what other people were doing, um, you know, for our own personal gain, because we want to use them, but also for the benefit of consumers to have a choice that is actually healthy for a change.
1: Yeah. I think um, gut health has kind of been, it's almost like uh, when health and wellness became such a big, trend and you know, since march uh people did greens they did immune products they did multivitamins and now you're seeing a bit of a, a trend towards like okay what else can we do in this space and um compound solutions has that uh is it core bio tributrin is that is, is that the name of it though the brand name
0: yeah, yeah core, core biomes
1: the brand yeah
0: name. The, actual, the actual ingredients called tributrin yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that, that's, mate, that is next fucking level. Like, excuse my language, but that is, uh, you know, they're going into a space where we go, okay, you feed probiotics or, or microbes, a prebiotic food source, and then they make a postbiotic, which is what we want. It's the short chain fatty acids that is actually giving us the healing and the health benefits. And they've just skipped the first two phases and gone, how about I just give you the postbiotic? Um, and, you know, I think there's going to be some wonderful things come out of that. Yeah, you know, Matt's on, on a real,
1: man, man Matt, that dude is smart. He told me, he was like, Oh, it's something big. It's I got to tell you what it is. And then literally that week, <laughs> Uh, it was Alpha Lion did a superhuman gut, one. I believe yep. it was. And then I was yep. like, this wouldn't happen to be you, would it? Because I'd never heard of it. And then, you know, quick Google, I was like, oh, it's on your site. But I've yep. always, I've actually always taken a probiotic. I use Evo Muse's gut health. Um, I've just by a year supply, haven't gone off it since. Just makes me feel yep. a little bit better. It makes me feel a little bit uh, nicer. And um, yeah, general gut health just seems to be, hand in hand, but you, you make a valid point. Very few brands, um, Alpha Lion's one of the rarities that has actually put together a supplement that's entirely dedicated to gut health. Usually they tuck them into the greens or the vitamins, but uh, I think Alpha Lion's wine, uh, Eva uses another, um, America Labs does their Guts and Glory. Very yep. few make an entire supplement dedicated to that whole thing and makes it difficult and, and to shop for. It, 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 it.
0: It's huge in the health and wellness space and the sports nutrition yeah. space, not so much, but um, you know, I think sports nutrition brands will take it a lot more seriously into the future because once you understand how much the gut influences, um, you know, 85 to 95, 95- percent of our serotonin is produced in the gut and travels via the vagus nerve into the brain to, to create happiness and and you know 50 of the dopamine which creates motivation and satisfaction and and drives our, our you know desires um, is made in the gut so you know if your gut's off and, and we also already know that uh, we have two different types of bacteria in the gut we've got bacteroidetes we've got famicutes. Um, you know the Firmicutes are very effective at getting calories out of your food whereas the bacteroidetes are more effective at getting nourishment and nutrients and producing hormones and enzymes, uh, making even vitamins in the body. So you know we need a balance of both because if we don't have any firmicutes, and we can't get calories from any of our food, we'll starve even if we're eating. Uh, whereas if we have too many firmicutes and get way too many calories from the food we're eating, then we're going to gain weight and become obese. So you know there has been studies done where they've done fecal matter transplant and they've taken the microbiome of a lean rat and put it in a you know a fat rat and vice versa, and they've changed the the complete body composition of rats by changing the microbiome. You, so, so the
1: South Park Episode. I don't know if you watch South Park, but they did an <laughs> Not episode for a while.
0: But you still love it.
1: <laughs> they did an episode where literally that was the trend. Like they would take FNT, uh, Think the about um, yeah, and Tom Brady's was like the gold is gold standard, and so everyone was trying to hunt him down and steal his poo and transplant. It. <laughs> and would, the whole time I watched it, I thought it was a joke until yeah. I googled it, and I was like, "Oh shit! This is actually no one. This is based it's on reality real kind of thing." Um, yeah. But yeah, the uh, it's it is it is an important category. Like I said, I find I've, I've had trouble finding <clears throat> brands that do the dedicated supplements. And when Compound Solutions came out with that, I thought yeah, typically when they drop something, it's not too long before people catch on, start using it, at least putting together something you know based around it. So, yep. and and to be honest, I think it fits your brand almost goes without saying kind oh, it, of thing. it would
0: it would fit amazingly and and you know we, we're we're in talks with compound about tributrin, that's not what we're playing with at the moment but um, i do have the raw material and have used it and, and do really like the result um, but they're they're more interested in a single ingredient kind of uh, market although they've done it a little differently with alpha lion yeah, um, they in, a,
1: combination.
0: in a multiple yeah but in australia they're kind of the licensee who has it here in australia is more interested in doing it with the health food market like the big Sort of brands like Blackmores or Swiss or oh, something like yeah, that, yeah, you yeah. know, and, and doing just a dedicated tributary and sort of core bio and product or ingredient. So they're sort of holding out, if you will, for for that big health food brand, and that makes sense for them, you know, as a point of, uh, I guess, volume. Um, you know, we're not in that dedicated health space. We're still a sports nutrition brand that, yeah, yeah, that promotes yeah. a healthier lifestyle. But um, you know, for them, I think it is better for them to go down that route. So so we're running our own race, uh, you know, sort of irrespective of what happens. There was with um,
1: there's interview i think it was last year with dexter jackson the 2008 mr olympia he did a he was talking about um his gut how he was getting old and he was trying to have trouble to like control it and get it keep it lean and he I, don't, I can't remember who put him onto it they put him onto this this gut health specialist and they're talking and they basically gave him this special blend of enzymes and probiotics and stuff like this and he goes on about it and he's like they just said take it for six months and I can't remember how much the price was and he was talking and then like, he said, yeah, now I can tell you, I've noticed if you took a photo of back then and now, and he said he did, he's just like, it's significantly different. None, and then no. the next question was, and you're going to sell it. And he's like, no. And they're like, you realize your story you just told, is going to basically yeah. be a great. So switch. many people. Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> and I think
1: that, yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's a big category, but um so yeah, in Australia, obviously there was there's recently a, a bit of, uh, you know, legislative it, it, changing. Yeah, <laughs> not not the greatest yeah. of things. Um, no. Was this related? No. This was related to the thing last year, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was. So look, it's been going on for 18 months. They've been getting consultation from industry and also um, external consultation. Uh, What they're looking to do, uh, Shane, is separate food from medicine uh, here in Australia. So we have the TGA, which is the Therapeutic Goods Administration. It's kind of like the FDA uh, of Australia, only way stricter. Um, And in in the US, they have the ability to say uh, whatever they like to a degree, um, as long as they don't cross into uh, you know curing cancer and doing all sorts of crazy yeah, stuff yeah. but but they can then put a little disclaimer that says you know this statement has not been approved or or by the FDA yeah. we don't have that luxury we have to have approval for a claim before uh, we can put it on a label or talk about it. Um, so they're much stricter in that sense. The the raw material supply, the production has to be in a GMP certified facility. Um, there's a lot of hoops and loops to jump through to get an ingredient even listed on the ARTG, which is the list uh, cost at least $20,000. Yeah, you get it for a couple of years um, without any competition, but you also um, have to p- pay for stability trials of each individual product um, per flavor. So if you're doing powdered products and you have six different flavors, you know, it's 20 grand a year on top of your already uh, associated costs per product, per flavor. So there's a lot of, um, you know, legislative issues already before this even came in, which would deter you from, becoming a, a therapeutic good or a complementary medicine as we call them here in Australia um, and that's why we've always played in a space which is considered what we call a formulated supplementary sports food so you have literally two categories you've got a complementary medicine which is TGA or you've got a formulated supplementary sports food which is FASANZ which stands for food standard Australia New Zealand so Fazans looks after the food category TGA looks after the medicine category Um, and what, or is that, of food products are making claims of a therapeutic nature, which essentially means that they're unapproved foods or they're starting to become you know complementary medicines without actually going through the process of being a a qualified complementary medicine so they wanted to tidy that up and i and i applaud that i think that's important we need to have a separation and a distinction between them but unfortunately what they've done is they've gone and got consultation from external sources including WADA, which is the world anti-doping agency Um, and they're they've basically said anything that's already on the the WADA banned substance list is now no longer allowed to be in a supplement period. Um, so that includes huh. hygenamine, um, you know, that includes methylsinephrine. It once included caffeine. Um, yeah, well, caffeine, there are. Allowing, they had a change in caffeine laws uh on the 12th of december last year so that was brought on because we had a death here in australia one death yeah. i might add uh from from a, a consumer which was a really unfortunate situation and, and you know devastating to that family um, i believe he came home uh, got confused between his glutamine or creatine and his caffeine, his pure caffeine powder, and he put a what, what would normally be a five gram serve of creatine or glutamine mm. he instead put a five gram serve of caffeine in his uh, in his protein shake and knocked it back before bed and didn 't wake up so Horrible, horrible situation. We want to avoid that. Um, and I think that you know, pure caffeine powder or, or any stimulant that can be easily mistaken and overdosed on should be illegal. Um, you know, that There shouldn't be accessibility to those sorts of things. So what happened in December last year is they made new laws, which meant that you could have no more than 5% of your total weight yeah, of the powder. Yeah, is caffeine. So if you've got a five gram serve, you can't have any more than 250 milligrams of caffeine. Um, And if you had a 10 gram serve, then it could, you know, effectively be 500 milligrams of caffeine. However, um, the upper limit is 320 milligrams of caffeine. Uh, So you can't exceed that amount. And then that has to be mixed in a liter of water. So when you're telling people or instructing them to use a pre-workout that might contain 320 milligrams of caffeine, you also have to instruct them to mix that in a liter of water. Um, and, uh, if you do that 15 to 20 minutes That's, before your um, workout, yeah, it's going to be a piss. Bit tough. Yeah, you would or throw it back up. You know, it's a lot of water to be sloshing around on the leg press. So, um, you know there's some legislative changes there that already addressed the caffeine issue um, but didn't capture a whole lot of other uh, ingredients that i think that they wanted to wipe out of that uh, out of the industry so they used water as a way of uh, kind of doing that, which is is a bit disappointing because, you know, we have probably less than one to 5% uh, athletes in Australia using supplements that are drug tested. Um, and the other 95 to 99% of people using supplements are not drug tested. And as long as the ingredient is safe and effective, you know, they should have accessibility to that. You know, we don't want to be a become a nanny state and cotton wall everybody and say, you know, this is for your protection. We're not giving them. Well, if it was always about protection, Shane, we would have had drugs and alcohol banned years ago. Um, um, cigarettes banned years ago, um, you know, but it's not about safety because you know cigarettes are still for sale, alcohol still for sale. It's just that you can't have it if you're under 18. Well, let's put some warning labels on supplements and say, you know what, supplements are only to be sold to people over the age of 18. I'm fine. I with always that.
1: thought that energy drinks have that limit, don't they? They have an age limit. I no, thought...
0: Um they're they're under a caffeinated beverage law. They do have an age limit. I think of 15. Um, uh, sorry,
1: I'm thinking of the UK. UK has that.
0: Yeah, and, and look, they also have the same <laughs> caffeinated l- laws. They can't go over 320 milligrams in a liter of water. Um, and again, I think those things are good, but uh, what we're not understanding is that you, you still don't capture the caffeine content from your barista. You can still go to the coffee yeah. shop and order a, a triple or a quad shot. And get 500 milligrams of caffeine in that sucker, um, and that's not prohibited. Yeah, you know, that's not uh, captured by these new law changes. So they can't capture everything, um, but they're doing their darndest to have a good. Crack what if at you did it. like a coffee um,
1: powder and then combined it with pre-workout? <laughs>
0: if it's got a label in a box or a jar they, they're pretty much going to um yeah. you know, have some level of uh, have some level of enforcement um so you know it, it is becoming tougher and from a an, uh, u.s standpoint because obviously we still get a lot of u.s products into australia yeah. um there, there is no category for dietary supplement anymore so u.s importers have to either come become compliant to the food standard which is the formulated supplementary sports food code which is code 2.9.4 or if it's a pre-workout they have to go under the caffeinated beverage um you know formulated caffeinated beverage law which is 2.6.4 um or they have to apply to become a therapeutic medicine um, so they have to go in one of those three categories so obviously i'm um, do the
1: latter so
0: no most won't and there are <clears throat> tga licensed facilities out of the u.s but certainly not for powders like powders become prohibitively expensive because you're, you're producing several different flavors. Each flavor requires, you know, registration, each flavor requires stability trials, each flavor requires, um, you know, submission to the ARTG. So you've got a lot of costs involved every flavor. It's like doing informed sport or informed choice, you know, testing of your product. If you have to do it every batch, every flavor, it becomes you know, prohibitively expensive. So, um, you know, with that being said, a lot of the U S brands are going to find it difficult to navigate, you know, what they can and can't do. I mean, even citrulline malate is a novel food. So it really shouldn't even be in a formulated supplementary sports food. So you have to get creative in how you you know, list citrulline malate on your label if you want to be compliant. Or you can just not be compliant Run the risk and face the fines, um, which is unfortunate because there will be a lot of those handed out in time. Um, so, yeah, it, it is changing the landscape. We're very well positioned to be able to navigate it because we're you know, obviously quite familiar with these laws. We have a yeah, local Victoria as well. So, I think that, yeah, that helps a lot. It does. um And, you know, we're obviously going, uh, we're already a health and wellness brand. We're already, you know, trying to become compliant from a labeling perspective and, and ingredient perspective. But there are some cool ingredients that, you know, we were first to bring to market here in Australia, including dynamite, uh, which isn't captured under WADA because WADA approved it and made, you know, said that it was safe for athletes, but we have another way of capturing a product and that is under or an ingredient. And that's under the uh, agricultural department's uh, banned import list. And unfortunately, dendrobium and dynamine or methyl liberines have been captured under that list. So even though we weren't captured for dynamine underwater, we, lo- we thought, oh yeah, we've got the green light here. We're good to go. No, nah, here's another uh, list we're going to throw at you. And if you're on that list, you're done as well. So, um, so dynamine's done uh, as of 30 November. No product in Australia can contain dynamine or dendrobium. Um, no product in Australia can contain hygienamine or PEA or PEA analogs. So that's you know, your phenylethylamines, yeah, your beta-phenylethylamines, the... your methylbetafenylamines, which is your cacia begidula your urethropalium scandens, your uh, J. Regis extract, your English walnuts, all of those things, DMHA analogs, DMBAs, so, so, all done, So all
1: let me... <coughs> basically. The way, because as far as I knew, the way it was, was basically, you'd have the, the the food supplement rules and, you know, that's where you'd get pre-workouts with the nutrition facts on them, which wasn't, it's not really typical in uh, <clears throat> US, obviously. Um, no. And then you'd have the, what you're saying, the registered medicines. And yep. then, so the food, the re- and then there would be the, guess the supplements that came in from the US would guess fall in between. Kind of thing
0: at the moment. At the moment. Well, yeah, but yeah. At the moment. Now,
1: so basically, when uh, November 30th rolls around, which is when that's pretty soon. That's like only two months away.
0: <laughs> Very soon. And I've been speaking with. We've got an industry uh, body here called the CMA, the Complementary Medicines Australia. They're kind of our voice of reason that talk directly with our health minister and um, and the TGA and Fazans. So they've got their ear, and they've been speaking to them and saying this just isn't enough time. Yeah, like, we've got. Basically, you know, sponsors- what's happened. In the world. Yeah, totally. I know, and it's you know you've got businesses that it's maybe already struggling, um, and then they're having they've got stock on the water from the US yeah. or wherever yeah. um, that may not even arrive by thirty November. So, you know that, that's a really tough position. We've only got one product affected because um, uh, power switch was the only product we had. Well, we had dynamine. dynamine. Yeah. We had dynamine and thermal switch and power switch, but uh, we've been able to shift very quickly from using um, dynamine to terephene in the thermal switch uh, because we already. Have had That labeled as Kutcher tea extract um, because we had a, an inkling that Dynamine, you know, when I spoke with them last October, that it was going to be captured. Um, however, we had enough labels and, and stuff done for Power Switch that I didn't have a chance they, to change that over.
1: Well, well they the DMHA and the DMA, they gave you like six months to a year heads didn't up they? those things. Yeah, I know,
0: right? So, yeah, and now, and now this is way worse.
1: As, I know, right?
0: And they're classified as Schedule 10. So they're like, heroines in schedule nine they're they're, they're considered worse than heroin to so there's they're considered so bad that even the consumption of any of it would be disastrous um so it's uh, it's crazy that they went from being in a supplement to being Schedule 10 but you still had so they thought that they were so bad you shouldn't even uh, ingest a, a single gram of it yet they gave you six months to get yeah, it they gave the you like, like
1: a good lead time Yeah, so what's
0: happening, I think there's a little bit of politicalness going on here. Um, There was that death, as I said, with the caffeine. Uh, The anniversary of that death is coming up uh, in December, and I feel like the government wants to make a a move to look like they're really uh, changing the industry and shaping things up before that uh, anniversary comes around. So there's a bit of a political um, sort of motivation behind it, unfortunately, and um, yeah, there hasn't been a whole lot of like there's been industry consultation, but even when we were consulted, it, it felt like we were being told what was going to happen rather than asked what we should do. So um, uh, right now, uh, we are trying to get an extension on that, but I don't know how likely that that is, mate. It's just going to be a case of suck it up and see, and uh, and move as quickly as you can to to try and um, you know deplete your stocks before 30 November so you can stay out of the firing line.
1: So basically, come November 30, you won't have that in between classification it'll just basically be a registered medicine which i from what i understand no supplements are and then you've got the food standard which is what was in with i believe that was what you guys had already in place but now they're just enforcing the hell out of it
0: That's right. Um, So you have the food standard code and the caffeinated beverage code. So your uh, pre-workouts or anything containing caffeine will need to fall under uh, the caffeinated beverage code because there's no allowances for additional caffeine in the food code. So the formulated supplementary sports food code, you can't add caffeine in there. Uh, If you do, you become a non-compliant Uh, formulated supplementary sports food. So you would then have to get that compliant, which would mean moving it out of that category. So it's quite tricky and it can be very um, tough for international suppliers, especially to navigate that. They're going to be very very reliant on their um distribution partners here to sort of advise them and to be honest you know i've spoken with a number of the different distributors here and uh you know right now some of them are burying their head in the sand they're just like oh well we'll just wait and see and you know when we get the knock on the door or whatever we'll make changes then but reminds I think
1: that'll be me, too late. Um, reminds me a lot of i don't know if you know much about brazil but they uh, i've talked to a few people there and they have one of i would say yours is bad mostly because it was good and now it's going like you're being taken away version. basically. Brazil yeah. has, I don't know if you know their rules, but they have rules based on specific ingredients and combinations. So you can have caffeine by itself, but you can't have caffeine. And I think it was like a certain other amino acid, you couldn't put BCAs in caffeine. I can't remember the exact thing, Oh, wow. but you can have caffeine and carnitine and some ingredients you can't have by itself, but you can have it with other ingredients. So they were so when you see these pre-workouts in Brazil and they're like just caffeine and then they have an extreme version and it's just 50 milligrams more caffeine and creatine monohydrate is the only other ingredient in there. That's not <laughs> like, and on the outside, you're like, well, that's like a shit formula, but that's their law. That's their, that's what they're stuck with. They don't have a choice. And I've yeah, talked to wow. them there, and they'll come out with these versions. Like they'll say a brand new fat burner and it's caffeine and carnitine. And i will be like, okay, like cool. But they'll be like, yeah, well, this is the rule. And they're also restricted on dosages, so they can't go over certain amounts. And so you have to, that's why when you go there and you see what their stuff is, it's as basic as it gets, but it's within the rules. And it's very similar to you, like companies can't, like you won't see a supplement imported into that part, you'll just see a distributor's version of it, and they will have changed it to make it compliant, but there's no way in hell that a company coming in is going to understand this. So they need their no. partner there. They need that person to na- navigate very much like what you're saying is probably going to happen with a lot of the US brands. And it's, I can't imagine it. I think it, it might actually work for you because a lot of these smaller brands aren't going to be able to just waltz well, on in anymore. With no. like a small sure. shop because it's be too no tough in hell they'll better afford the labels, let alone the formula differences.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, it is going to get tough for the US guys and um, you know, anyone importing into to Australia. It's going to be tough enough for the guys that make stuff locally. But um, yeah, I remember years ago, I worked for a brand called Neutral a, a very uh, you know big Australian, New Zealand brand. and it's a red, red at that logo, time, right? Yeah, that's right. Yep, it used to be. Know, um, and, yes. and it was a vitamin supplement brand. They, they had Cordell's, Wagner, Nutrilite. And we were playing in the health and wellness space or, or health food stores and chemist space uh, quite a, in a big way. We had a competitor at that time from the U.S. called Solgar. And Solgar was being imported and distributed here in Australia. And they're completely out of the country because the legislation and regulations were too strict. They just couldn't be bothered. With it anymore. The juice, juice uh, to this US brand and that vitamin space, uh, but they don't even bother with the Australian market. So a lot of these guys are just going to start to go, well, it's just too hard. Like, is it really worth it? There are 25 million people in Australia. Yes, we have a lot of consumers per uh, capita, but you know, is it really, is the juice really worth the squeeze? I think when, the, uh,
1: if you look at Brazil, you'll see a perfect example of exactly that. You will not see a mountain of US brands. You'll see maybe like muscle meds, MHP, like so you've got the big guys, but you won't see any small ones. And that's, it's just you in a lot of them have, a, it's made room for a lot of Brazilian brands to build up. And you've seen a big rise in, um just a lot more creativity, a lot more um, difference and differentiation in, in the, in the Brazilian brands. And they've come up, they've come a long way and it does give you room to just let the local brands, you know, build right. out something. Um, yeah. Black obviously is a, big brazilian one yeah, that comes to mind
0: yeah totally yeah and um, we see black skull even here in australia so they're um, huge you
1: know 've done um, a great job so yeah basically it doesn't sound so when they with the switch to the food supplements i assume that there's always been rules with those types of products as well like you're saying with the different ingredients like yep and so now they're yep. just basically going to have to yeah. You know, yeah. So what that. we're
0: planning on doing is, uh, I guess, what we need to do as an industry here in Australia is band together, and it's never been something we've been good at doing. Like uh, you know, yes. like most industries,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: you know, Especially this one because it's filled with egos and, and oftentimes bodybuilders that have gotten into supplements <laughs> and created brands and things like that. That you just go, uh, they're, they're they're sort of individuals themselves, and they don't really want to work together as a team. But now's the time where we have to come together, whether we love or hate each other, um, and we're competing on the shelf uh, day day we need to support each other and, and come up with a new legislation that actually gets us what we want that's safe and effective for the consumer um that actually you know, allows for the ingredient and development of quality products because i'll give you an example of this Shane, uh, in australia we have an upper limit of a of added l-leucine in a formulated supplementary sports group of 490 milligrams and if you exceed 490 milligrams of leucine added to your formula, then you are now a non-compliant formulated supplementary sports food. And you so, have to be a uh, medicine, correct? Well, you can't even go on that category. Or you could, but uh, you know, <laughs> the, the loops, as I said earlier, to try and become a complementary yeah, 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 yeah. Are, are far too great that you wouldn't bother. So you just have to try and find a way. Uh, around the you know the legislation at the moment to try and become as compliant as possible or hope that they don't enforce it and to date they haven't like they haven't those you know changes they changed carnitine i want to say in 2007 from 100 no, 300 milligrams a day of l to 2,000 milligrams a day that's, um, that's one of, yeah. yeah that's fine i don't mind that that's cool but they didn't make any other changes to any other amino acids at that time so you know you got this increase in carnitine the, the maximum upper level of creatine that you're allowed to consume is three grams so if you had a product that has five grams of creatine not nah, no good bring it back to three um and the upper limit of glutamine is 19 1900 milligrams so you know, you just can't pr- formulate products with those levels. It's just, you're not going to be with internationally the, the, competitive and you're not providing the customer what they want.
1: A lot of this is obviously like established ingredients, like you're saying, creatine and stuff like that. Are you limited on uh, what's the what's the way to go? Like if you someone finds a new ingredient that's compliant in the US and they've come up with it now, you know, everyone starts using it. Is there, and obviously it won't come up on Australia's radar because they w- won't have it listed or anything do you get the freedom to be like, well, I feel like using this ingredient, it's got a lot of studies and blah, blah, blah. Or do you have to like ask permission or register or whatever? There's two,
0: there's, there's two choices. So if it's from a food source, so say they find some ingredient that's found in food that, you know, you could say um, has a history, well, it has to have a historic use of food. Uh, within Australia and New Zealand. So that's where things like reishi mushroom, right? Um, reishi is just so popular now and it's it's in so many different products. We use it. Uh, it doesn't have a, a long traditional use in Australia. It does you know, now, but like only more recent, not a traditional use. Yeah. Um, so you know, it has a tr- traditional use in China, um, but that it, China doesn't dictate our laws here in Australia. So we have to prove that it's in the food system in Australia. Um, and then if it's found in a food, um, is it found in the concentrations that you're providing? So, you know, turmeric, which is, or curcuminoids found in turmeric, um, are, you can find curcuminoid products or curcumin products that are standardized to 98% curcuminoids. Um, are you allowed to use them in a food? That one's an interesting one because normally the answer would be no, because it's standardized too high. It's too concentrated. You'd never find it in nature like that. But in the case of turmeric, you can actually, the answer is now, yes, because it could be added as a colorant so it's (laughs) vitamin c vitamin c the upper limit is 80 milligrams for uh, a therapeutic or you know food purpose um but you could put more in you just have to say that it's there as a as a stabilizer um so there are ways around it um but you just got to be creative as i said and it just gets very very hard to navigate like i'm I'm actually becoming, I wouldn't say proficient at it, but I'm learning a lot. Uh, and I do have a re- regulatory affairs consultant on, you know, standby I mean, 24
1: seven. You would need to, I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. with the U S obviously they, their, their rule is yeah, if it's found in food, as far as yep. I know, they don't have to prove that it's been, you know, in a standardized food from food that's eaten yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> or been yep. trade yep. that takes a yeah. on Jesus. Okay. Another level, right? Um, so
0: that's that's the hardest part to navigate is, okay, well, if we can find this in a food, can we find it at that level or can it be extracted at that level without being you know, form, made synthetic? Is there like an
1: approval process? Can you be like, sweet, found in a food, cool, found it in no. history, and then you just put it in, and then you have to wait for them to be like, hey, where's your homework? Is that kind of just...
0: Not really. I mean, you know, say, for example, dynamine found in tea, Um, you know... We're using that in a formula at the moment um, hasn't been a problem there's been no adverse reactions there's been you know no concerns whatsoever but now all of a sudden they're going no no it's a meat delivering yeah. we, don't, we don't want it um, so there isn't really a process for that it's just sort of if you can find something unique in a food that you can extract you can put it in um, and you know, you're playing in a space where it's not on the list of approved ingredients but it's also not on a list of unapproved ingredients so you're kind of in a grey area it's up area, to them is, I guess it is. And for them to enforce it, they can come knocking and say, okay, well show us where you're getting this from. How do you extract it? Is it for us to deem it that it's a food, but you know, in Australia, they haven't been relaxed on it, but they just haven't really been enforcing the you know, powdered products for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I guess, as I said, I think that there needs to be some level of enforcement because we do want safe and effective products for consumers. So you know, I get that. What is unfortunate is that the, um, the dossier that they put together, which I'll send to you um, is 151 pages long and they use examples of um, you know, adverse reactions of twenty-two thousand adverse reactions in two thousand and sixteen from natural supplements in the US, and I'm like, how is that even relevant to Australia? One, we're not the US. Two, the US have very different ingredients that they allow into products, including melatonin and DHEA and a number of others yeah. that we don't allow. Um, Yohimbi is another example, um, and you know it can't be comparable. Um, they also uh, public used a case study where they said out of forty-six products. Six products were deemed to have um, either banned substances in their formula, which could have been hygienamine, you know, because it's banned by WADA, banned substances or substances in their formula that weren't disclosed on their label. And now of the six out of the 46, which was 16% or somewhere around there, don't quote me on the numbers, um, five out of six of them were coming from the U.S., so only one product was made here domestically. Um, and they're using these as, as, I guess, kind of evidence to say, hey, you know, this is how bad this industry is. We need to clean it up. Um, but it's not endemic across all Australian products. Yes, there are some people that kind of skirt around the laws and the rules, but that's because the rules or the or the legislation doesn't allow for innovation um, at yeah. the moment. So, you know, which what we want to do is we want to, create a, a industry body, um, that, you know, works on what we want uh, in terms of innovation. Um, and we, you know, we get the opportunity to, to put toward, to, to put, to the government, here's a grandfathered list of what we think we need. You know, beta-alanine we need it at 3.2 grams to 6.4 grams. We here's the evidence that it's safe at those levels. Here's the evidence where it's being used at those levels worldwide. Um, you know, this is what we we think is effective, certainly, and you know, uh, should be allowed for the consumer to choose. Creatine needs to be at least five to 10 grams. You know what I mean? Um, leucine needs to be between one and three grams, or, or we just need to see some levels that are actually Going to keep us yeah. competitive internationally.
1: Oh, so basically, a lot of things might disappear off shelves coming November thirty. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah there might. I mean, look, we're we're obviously reformulating at the moment for Power switch, which is really sad. As I said, I was quite attached to Dynamine. We were the first to bring it to Australian right, market. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, one of the second or third worldwide. Uh, actually we're the first to launch worldwide on dynamine, about the fifth or sixth on vaso six so you know we were very proud of that and um it's gone you know as of november 30 methyl liberines disappear um PEA products i mean that's geez. you know that's a lot of products and, and stimulants that are gone you're only allowed an upper limit of 320 milligrams of caffeine a day um mixed in a liter of water um, and it can't be. It can't exceed more than five percent of your total powder weight. So there's a lot of formulas that are going to have to change the, or disappear um, entirely.
1: What's the 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 case with people in Australia just finding something online, bringing it over? Like, are they? Uh,
0: yep. Yep, that can be done. You can uh, purchase up to three months for personal use uh, from the US, but then you also run the risk that it gets stopped at border. Depends on what they're looking for. Yeah, that's Um, what I was going to say. So
1: like if they, if it was like, obviously, Yohumbi and I understand those certain ingredients can't get in, but if it's like, let's just say it's a capsule and it doesn't, you know, it's not registered or it's a powder and it doesn't have like a food standard label, do they, will they pull you up on that? So it's just basically...
0: Yep. So oh, some man. of the US brands, some of the US brands might go, you know what? Might be just easier for us to you know, sell that's, to Australia. That's you know, extremely,
1: I feel like it's great for consumers <laughs> because I get like, they're going to be like, you know, they're going to see it's the internet. Everything's right in front of you. Everything's right next yep. door. You can buy it. Like it is great for consumers because when they see something online and their favorite ambassador or affiliate like shares it, they'll be like, cool, I'm going to buy it and have it here. But it's a real shit on, Australian brands because it's like and we're going to let, we're yep. gonna let and, you know Australians buy some of the stuff that they got free innovation on in America, but we're yep. going to be extremely restrictive, and we also want you to succeed. <laughs> yeah i know
0: and then and during covid no less oh. so you know that that's the challenge uh, for a lot of these brands Jesus. and you know the you might see the the distributor here in australia lose brands to where the the brands themselves go you know what i'm just going to market directly to australian consumers well, a lot of the, and, and, and try and get them direct
1: i mean that's the what well, amazon has within all, within america so like in a day so it's not going to be too long obviously this year's turned to ship, but I always imagine yeah. <laughs> that was what a lot of brands wanted to do was to create you know they don't want to have to deal with shipping products like ghost uh has um they have a warehouse uh like a sort of shipping platform in the u k and europe so if you order yep. from their main site dot com it gets shipped from there domestically yeah yep. and it's it's uh obviously i don't and that's not going to be able to be done obviously in Australia no, unless no. you because I still need to land those products yes, in the same yes. format. That, but know, it's going to yeah. discourage people. I mean, it's it's. I understood if they did it in limited American brands and helped you guys, but they're acting what feels like they're cutting both feet, they're cutting you and international. But I yep. guess, like you said, I think it's going to help you yourself. Once you learn how to navigate it, you'll be able to dominate and sort of get a a strong hold on it, I think. Um, But yeah, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't sound fun at least.
0: (laughs) No, it's not, it's not fun. And it's also, you know, from a consumer's perspective, they like to walk into bricks and mortar retail in Australia. You know, yeah. I know that the US market is is more you know online dominant. But in Australia, we still like to go and have a, a chat with a mate at the shop and you know discuss the the new products and what's going on and what works with what. Um, so there's still a, a culture of that. And I think that will remain. So I do think, you know, even if American brands think, oh, you know, well, let's market directly to the consumer in Australia and we'll just ship from here. Yeah, um, there there is going to be some border control and you may or may not know that will get through. So even I her, who does ship to Australia um, currently uh, there's a lot you can't get on there. And they also have a warning saying, you know, any products that you ship are at the risk of the consumer. Yeah. If it gets stopped, if it gets stopped by your uh, country's border control, um, then you could run the risk of losing. Know, your the purchase. same.
1: Yeah. When, it, I mean, when, so, when we go from country to country, you can always you always run the risk. Like I yeah. always buy, you know, I never really. I buy locally. If I'm going yeah. from country to country, the only time I'll ever import something, and I know that there's a good chance it'll get taken or burned, is if it's something new that I know I'm not going to, be able to get a hold of for another half a year, or if it's um, something I specifically want. Uh, yeah. I, I'll, I'll run the risk, but I know there's a risk, and it's, I I've hate I hate I hate that, and it sucks because yeah. you guys, as you mentioned, customers are going to come in. They're going to ask where their shit is, where, they, where their favorite thing is. And you're going to, yeah. and it's, you like, you don't want to hear the story. It's just going to,
0: yep. and this is like, what you've got. I yeah. have well, I had yep. a
1: friend who told me, uh, once you charge someone a certain price, you can never charge them, uh, you know, any, any more. You can always charge them the same or lower. You know, once yep. you, you can't really, and you've given Australian people a certain th- way of supplements, you've given the freedom, you've given them, supplements like i've seen supplements in new zealand uh, sorry america and they'll be in australia and new zealand within a week and you get that freedom and i just it's um yeah you're gonna it's it, it sucks. I guess I'm probably going to feel it here in New, in New Zealand myself. But yeah, you, you will <laughs> but a little out bit. Out New, Zealand,
0: New Zealand has another law, um, which is a I think a 2006 dietary supplement or sports dietary supplement law, um, and we also have uh, what's called a MMRA, which is a, a, a sorry, the TMRA, TMNRA, the Trans Tasman Mutual Recognition Agreement. Yes, I've, um, I've heard of it. So w- that will. Cease to exist to some degree because, generally speaking, whatever was uh, compliant in New Zealand could be imported into yes, Australia yeah. and sold here. Um, unfortunately, that won't be the case anymore. Those same products in New Zealand will still have to comply to uh, our for food code and you know, yeah. complementary mm-hmm. medicine code. So. Um, it means now that if those products in New Zealand contain hygienamine or PEA or methyl liberines, uh, et cetera, then they will no longer be able to be imported because they, uh, again, a breach of that. um, But New Zealand has
1: that that category, I guess, the classification of that in between the medicines. uh, Interesting. I mean, I knew that, but... uh...
0: Which is what we want to create here for Australia uh, in some some ways in line with what New Zealand's doing so that we can, again, get back to that, you know, TTMRA. um, Because if we have the same kind of laws, that's what Fazans was originally designed to do. Food Standard Australia New Zealand was designed to have it so that we could, you know, import-export between the two countries freely and have the same formulas, you know, uh, that makes a lot of sense given our close proximity and similarities.
1: uh, Australia, and New Zealand share economically and stuff like that. Similar to, yeah, it's um, okay. Well that's, yeah. So that's unfortunate, (laughs) I guess for, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate for you and it's, I mean, I, I, I feel bad a bit for, I guess the advanced users and consumers, I think yeah. it'll be I think it it'll be good for Australia uh, uh brands but bad at the same time but then I mostly feel for the people that don't know about it and are just going to go and try supplements and think that this is just you know we don't have this because is. it's you know this this and this and then they look online and think that because it was always that that thought process that oh we want the american version because it's hardcore that was always a something yeah. Um, and you guys, I think brands like yourself really bridge that gap. You really bought it in. Like, no, yep. no, no, no. We have hardcore shit. And yep. now it feels like that's just going to be taken away.
0: Yeah. yeah, to a degree it will. Because, I mean, you know, if we can't keep up with the Joneses in the PA space or, um, you yeah, know, the methyl liberines, and we have to really restrict our caffeine content, um, you know, they are going to be, I guess, less high-end or hardcore stimulants. Um, I'm not necessarily upset by that. My, I mean you are twenty to health, more no, wellness Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, exactly. The twenty to thirty year old Greg might have been a lot more pissed about that because, you know, <laughs> I grew up on Jack 3D and mesomorph. Yeah. So um, you know, it, it's a different time of my life and, and, you know, I'm all about the health and wellness side of it. So what we'll be doing is we're gonna be using ingredients like an extra, um, which are caffeine potentiators yes, to help yes. improve the body's response to stimulants rather than, you know, we can't dose them up on extra stimulants, let's make the body feel it more and feel it for longer. Um, So you just have to get smarter. We just have to be more creative. That's our skill set. That's an asset that we have as a brand is we look at the physiology of the body and how it works through these catecholamines or different stimulants and how it's metabolized and how we can keep it there for longer and what do we need to do with the receptors. And, you know, so we work through that process. It is more expensive. It's a process that we've always taken a lot of pride in um, and it's our differences that make the difference. You know, that's the sort of corny saying we have around the office, but it's so true because now it's going to really make a difference. If we can't create a formula that you know works effectively within the parameters that we have, then we won't bother. Um, and, and I'm pretty confident we're going to be able to produce
1: yeah, a lot of great products. You guys are one of the big, like I said, you're one of those more international direct brands. You you haven't gone the pre-fat burner amino, yeah. pre V2 fat burner V2 amino V2. Like you've just gone yeah. and you've diversified, which is one of the things, the key things I think that a lot of big brands have taken on is expanding into categories that people will already take like multivitamins and gut health and you know, greens, uh, adrenal switch, and then you give you things that you didn't think you needed. And it just, it's yep. uh, it, it, it really shows the innovation, like you said. And I think, um, yeah, I think you guys are prime. So, well, I mean, that was a very informative thing. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, Talk I hope it. so.
0: I hope people, I hope people understand, uh, you know, I guess some of the challenges that we're going to be facing here in Australia and and probably for New Zealand too. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that, as I said, we'll be able to navigate this fine. There'll be many that won't, unfortunately, and there will be some products that disappear uh, or get reformulated. So there'll uh, be a lot that you know, disappear. Yeah, so you know, if you love your your favorite pre workout or fat burner, uh, get out and get it before thirty November. But um, otherwise, you'll be looking at a, a, a very different, but not necessarily bad product, uh, but a different product. Yeah, you know, I was that a
1: lot of those US brands. Like, I mean, I know some of them that ask, you know, how to get to Australia? And there are some distributors in Australia that bring in the up and coming brands. And there's just no way that I mean, I know brands that will. I've heard of brands that will ship their version to a market where it's not compliant because they can't afford or they, you know, can't be bothered doing a different version. Yep. And this is not going to, it's obviously not going to fly here. So it's uh, no. in Australia. So it's, um, I suspect a lot of those up and comers are going to have a trouble, you know, trying to make that shift. Um, but yeah, so oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you for definitely filling me in, sharing all the updates on uh, switch and uh Look forward to having you again later.
0: Yeah. Thank you very much for having me and appreciate all your support. And uh, thanks for keeping the whole entire supplement world up to date with what's going on every single day every of the year, mate. It's certainly how I get a lot of my news as well. So I very much appreciate it.
1: Awesome. Thank you.